I want to give a little bit of an introduction. Chapter 21 talks about heaven coming to earth. Heaven actually comes to us in stages, in waves. There's the Father's house. And the Father takes his people into his house. Let me explain something to you. God did not make going to heaven impossible. To hear some preachers preach, that's what you think. But God did not make going to heaven impossible. In fact, he made it possible. And I expect there to be a large crowd in heaven, a massive crowd. And we're going to talk about that massive crowd that will be in heaven, no doubt in my mind. In fact, in the 23rd, uh, actually the, the Luke 14, verse 23, Jesus Christ is telling them, go out and invite people to come in. No matter what their status is in life is, go out and bring them in into the harvest, into the, into the uh, bride chambers. Bring them in to the, to the king that his house would be filled. Now, you know, I'm not God, but I would assume if I was God, I'd pretty much have my way. And if Jesus Christ said the house shall be filled, bless your heart, no matter how lazy we are, the house will be filled. Heaven will be a place that is full and it'll be a massive amount of people there. As I said earlier, heaven comes in pretty much stages or waves. When someone dies, a believer, they go directly to be with the Lord. Where that is, I assume heaven, where God is. We also see in the 20th chapter of Revelation where Jesus will come and reign on the throne of David in Jerusalem. Actually, he'll reign over the whole earth for a thousand years in uh, the millennial kingdom. And Jesus will rule over the earth. King David will be there. And there'll be Solomon's great temple there. And so there'll be a great burst of health and blessing and heaven just gets closer all the time. Did you know heaven's getting closer every day? Amen. The millennial kingdom is heaven getting closer to the finished product that God is preparing. Let's stand for the reading of God's word, Revelation chapter 21. I'm going to read the first five verses. We're going to look at this and let the Lord speak to our hearts. And I saw, this is John speaking, a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a, as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard, notice he says in verse 2, I saw, now he says, I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with man, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, 
and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain. There's a good place to shout right there. For the former things are passed away. Verse 5, And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. I want to use for a subject tonight out of the first verse of chapter 21, a new heaven and a new earth. You may be seated. For you and I that live here on planet earth now, you and I that are survivors through the blood of the Lamb, Jesus Christ says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. For in my Father's house are many mansions. So the Father's house has many mansions. If it were not so, Jesus would have told us. And he says, I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go to prepare that place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. So wherever Jesus is going, I'm going. And wherever he's coming, I'm going to get under the spout where the glory comes out. There's something I, I, I want to press on you today that's real important to me. The Bible says that the earth, the first earth were passed away and there was no more sea. Actually, it says the first heaven and the first earth passed away and there was no more sea. Jesus Christ said, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away in Matthew 24, 35 and Luke 21, verse 33. So we know that the Father has a mansion. We know that there is a heaven where God is. And we know that our loved ones that have died have went on as redeemed children of God into the presence of Jesus, for Jesus is sitting at the right hand of God the Father in heaven. And so our loved ones are in heaven. One day... Heaven will come down to earth. In fact, the scripture says in the Lord's Prayer, with the model prayer, Luke eleven two, thy will be done as in heaven, so in the earth. I love Matthew six ten, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in the earth as it is in the heaven. Now, there's just a couple of observations I want to give you that just really bless my heart in studying. The new city, Jerusalem, that's coming down out of heaven is 1,500 miles square and 1,500 miles straight up. It is a cube. Some says a pyramid. I believe it's a cube. And the reason I believe the new city, Jerusalem, is a cube, 1,500 miles square and 1,500 miles straight up, I believe this because the holiest of holies 
where the tabernacle was built, where, Jesus, where God said the Ark of the Covenant would be the holy place of God. The measurements were 15 by 15 by 15 by 15 square. And in this new city, Jerusalem, our high priest, which liveth forever, will be there in that holy place, the new holy city, Jerusalem. Now, the old Jerusalem is referred to as the holy city. I think it's more of an oldie city. At one time, it was holy, but it had a lot of tramps trapped through it, a lot of bad kings come through it. The, whole, the, new, the old city, Jerusalem, is, is riddled with debris and problems. I'm told that this city, and I didn't do the math, but someone said it will inhabit over 100 billion redeemed saints. The city alone is bigger than the moon. The city alone stretches almost across half of the United States and straight up. And someone did the math, if over 100 billion people go into that city, each one of them will have 75 acres square. That's a pretty big, roomy place. And that's just in the city. The Bible says that earth will no longer, the new earth will no longer have the sea. Three-fourths of the earth is covered by water, by sea. 71% of this earth is covered by water. But the new earth will have no sea, making more room so that God's house can be filled. The earth will be a massive place, not in size only, but in the redeemed of the saints of God. The Bible says there is a new heaven and a new earth. I believe with all my heart that that's exactly what the scripture says. That's exactly what I believe, that there will be a new heaven and a new earth. Can you imagine how many more people that can live on earth when you've got all that water removed? Does that mean there's not going to be lakes and rivers? Not at all. There will be lakes and rivers. There will be water on the earth in that new earth that God creates. But that water will come out of the holy city, Jerusalem, like gigantic, glorified, amazing waterfalls. As the city hovers over the earth, through the river of life, the water will spill out like Niagara Falls, only 10 billion times greater magnitude. And the pure waters will come down from the holy city, Jerusalem. And there will be lakes and rivers on the earth. But there will be no more sea. The waters on the earth will be clear as crystal, I believe this new earth. And I believe the river of life that flows through the city of Jerusalem will not stop in the city limits, but will wash down into earth. For I believe the holy city will hover over the earth and it will be the heavenly 
purification of the planet. The whole thing's going to be different. We're, we're carbon-based. We're biological flesh. Most of our bodies are made of water. Our, most of our blood is made of water. But when in this new city, in this new heaven, in this new earth, it won't be a water-based creation. We won't be flesh. Oh, we'll have glorified bodies, but we will not be dependent upon the water. We'll drink of the water, but we will be dependent upon the leaves that are for the healing of the nations of the tree of life. Now, that doesn't mean the saints of God are dependent to take it. It means that if there's problems in the nations, not to fix a problem, but to make sure one doesn't come up. They, eat it, they take the leaves for the healing of the nations. The leaves for the healing of the nation is not to heal a sick nation. It is to keep that nation from becoming sick. All the purification of the holy city, New Jerusalem, is there in order to purify the planet Earth. There will be billions and billions of people who will live on planet Earth. And there will be billions and billions of people living in the holy city, Jerusalem. No wonder Jesus Christ said, go out there, tell them all, invite them that my house will be filled. Now, I'm, I just want to do enough tonight to kind of wet your whistle a little bit, wet my whistle a little bit, because we're going to be in this chapter 21 and 22 for a few weeks, and we may have Brother Jimmy back with us for a roundtable discussion before we're through with these, these two chapters. But I want to point out something that is very dear to my heart. This, the Garden of Eden, in chapter 1, 2, and 3, the Garden of Eden, the earth there, the Garden of Eden was one location. It was one man and one woman. That man, the first Adam, sinned, and that first woman sinned. And because Adam is the federal head of all mankind, and Eve is the mother of all living on earth, Adam is the first Adam is the federal or representative of mankind. And out of that first Adam comes debris, disease, sickness, chaotic confusion, sin. And what happens is, is the first Adam was scattered, was pushed away, was scattered from the Garden of Eden where the last Adam doesn't scatter, he gathers. And the whole earth will be a Garden of Eden. The holy city will be of great magnitude of beautiful emeralds and minerals and gold and sapphires and different types of stones. It will be celestial in an incredible way, the light reflecting through the transparent gold. and In fact, I think you'll be able to look up from the, if, if, if one 
if one mile is the first floor, there's 1,500 miles straight up, 1,500 miles square. I believe that the city was clear as crystal. It was see-through. And you could probably look through that city to the top because there is no defiled or dingy. It's all transparent. It's all clean. It's all pure. Not only can you travel up, but you'll be able to travel to the right, to the left, frontward, backwards. You'll be able to travel in every direction in your new glorified body in that holy city. It will be a spectacular place. And so the, the first Adam sinned and man was scattered out, pushed out of the Garden of Eden. The last Adam comes, he dies, he secures, he redeems, and instead of scattering us, he collects us, he draws us, he brings us together to live with our Creator. For the last Adam is also the federal head of the redeemed. Please hear me what I'm about to say. Adam and Eve were innocent in an innocent state before they fell. But I'm here to tell you that innocence is not as beautiful and gorgeous and spectacular as redemption. Adam lost so much, the first Adam, but he didn't lose near what the last Adam will add to us and give to us. We are, the, the things that the first Adam lost pales in comparison to the things that the last Adam will secure for us. And so we're not in the innocent stage. We are in the redemption stage. And so Adam, the first Adam, the federal head, everybody that went out from him was crippled, diseased, and broken and defiled. But the last Adam, redeeming us, everybody that comes out from him, the federal head of the redeemed, are gathered together without sickness and disease, without sin, without defilement, God will gather us in that his house may be filled. Isn't that beautiful? Wow. I look at that and I think how incredible that is. Now, there'll be different. I'm going to share with you five little points and then we'll be done. I don't think I'll, I'd be surprised if I preach very long tonight, but I'm fully, I'm fully bracing myself to be able to if I do. I'm fully capable of being surprised tonight. But hopefully we can just look at some things. First of all, God will be with us. In this new holy city, we are with God. God is in us. We are within ourselves. Each one of us is a tabernacle for the dwelling place of God. But when we depart here, each one of our vessels will not be a dwelling place for the tabernacle of God, but God will be the tabernacle with the gathering of his people. God will, we will live in him, and he will 
be our God. And he will be the one that will take care of us. Look at verse 3. And I heard a great voice out of heaven say, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. And he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. And God himself shall be with them and be their God. See the difference? The difference now is God lives in us. We're the tabernacle of God. Our body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. But the difference in the future is that God won't live in us each one individually. We as a corporate, redeemed, blessed, glorified, made powerfully incredible as a new creature in Christ, Jesus will dwell, the God of heaven will dwell in the midst of us as a people. That's so awesome when you think about that. You think about it, and it's just absolutely incredible. All death and sorrow will be gone. All death and sorrow will be gone. Wouldn't you like to say to the flu, be gone? Wouldn't you like to say to the graveyards, be gone? Wouldn't you like to say to cancer, be gone? Wouldn't you like to say to tears and suffering and sorrow, be gone? Well, one day, <laughs> we're not able to do it, but one day, our God will say, be gone. Be gone. Our God will deliver us and give us a place where there is no death, no sorrow. It will all be gone. Isn't that beautiful? Let me read that, verse 3. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with them, with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be with uh, his people, and himself shall be with them and be their God. Look at verse 4. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. There shall be no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are past, erased away. Someone will ask, will we know each other when we get to heaven? Well, we'll not be dumber there than we are here. But the Bible's very clear that the lost will be erased, that the lost will be forgotten. And so that which brings sorrow in our hearts, God shall erase that from us. I had someone ask me one time, how can I enjoy being in heaven knowing that maybe I've got a brother that's not in heaven? And I want you to understand something. All your brothers that you know of will be in heaven. The brothers that are not in heaven, you won't remember. Some apologetics. How many brothers and sisters do you know or remember that your mom and dad never gave birth to? None. So we will only remember those that's been born again. 
God shall wipe away pain from our minds. He'll, he'll erase the things that brings tears and sorrow. Question. Someone has asked, well, how old will we be in heaven? I, I had, had someone ask me one time, how old will we be in heaven? Well, when we get to heaven, will Moses be an old man with a cane? No, God's a young, energetic God. And Moses is nice and young. Even if he died at 120 years old, he's nice and young. The scripture says, how old was Jesus when he was crucified, when he died? How old was he? 30, 33 years old. In Numbers chapter 4, you couldn't become a priest until you were at least 30 years old. The universal age for the priest was 30 years. I'm going to assume that according to the scriptures, we will be in the prime of our life here on earth only glorified, which will be around 30 years old. That's a guess, but it's as good as yours. Amen? My guessing's as good as your cussing. I, I, I guarantee you uh, my guessing's pretty good. And so 30 years. By the way, the, the priest couldn't, couldn't minister till he was 30. That's when Jesus began his ministry as a priest at 30. And the high priest could serve, and in fact, they served too long in the biblical account in the, in the four gospels in the time of Christ because the priest was to retire at the age of 50. Preachers, ministers were to retire at the age of 50. I'm gone. I'm out of here. So someone says, well, what about children? Will we be able to see children in heaven? Once again, we're in the guessing game. I believe in the millennium, many children will be born in the millennium. They won't have to make a decision whether to follow Christ or not at the battle of Gog and Magog. I believe that many people have lost their children today in death, and all children go to heaven. They don't go to hell. They don't go to purgatory. Makes no difference what mommy or daddy did. Children go to heaven when they die. And many times people will see children in a vision in heaven. Is there children in heaven? Well, I, I do believe that heaven is a happy place. And children are pretty happy. Love watching them play. Love watching. And so is it possible that we'll get to watch our children grow up to 30 and stop growing. That's a beautiful thought, isn't it? It's impossible that some may get to raise their children in the millennium. Is it possible that we'll be able to watch children grow up and when they reach the age of 30, they stop aging? Oh, blessed thought. I wish I'd have stopped aging at 30. How many could join with me on that? <laughs> I wish I, you know, I'd love to quit, stop aging at 30, but it didn't work. As you can tell, I'm not 30. 
Amen? This heaven, is, this heaven, this new city, Jerusalem, is literal. John explains it, what he saw in the, in the holy city, Jerusalem, the walls of Jasper, the gate of pearl. He, the best of his ability, he, he uh, defined it. But when it came to our life in heaven, he did it in the negatives. No sorrow. No death. No pain. No tears. No regrets. No death. No, no um, uh, uh, I like to put it like this, no graveyards and no uh, fire trucks and no hospitals and no chemo. No sickness, no death, no tears, for God will wipe all tears from our eyes. Now, you would think that God would wipe all tears from our cheeks because when I hear people say the tears are coming out of their eyes, I think, wait a minute, tears come down the cheek. You know, I wipe the tears from my cheek. I don't wipe them from my eyes. But God's going to wipe the tears from our eyes because the eye is the production planet for tears. Amen? I guess salt water is pretty important to God. Our tears are salty. The sea and life in the sea is salty. The church is called the salt of the earth. Good hard work. Serving God, even your sweat is salty. Salt preserves. And so God made a lot of things salty. But in the new heaven and the new earth, there'll be no tears. There'll be no sorrow. There'll be no sea. There'll be no storms. There'll be no tragedies. There'll be no disappointments. There'll be no depression, no discouragement. God shall wipe all these things from our eyes. All the sorrows of the past will be gone. All the, we wrestle with our past. We wrestle with our failures. It'll all be gone. When you, when you get to heaven, God is just going to take a wonderful cotton swab and he's just going to dab our brain and just get all the nasty stuff out and Wipe away all tears from our eyes. And we're going to be up there in heaven. And we're not going to be brain dead like we are here. We're going to be brain excited and thrilled by the blessing of God. Amen? Now, you say, I don't believe in brain dead. I've, I've been pastoring long enough. I've seen a lot of people brain dead. But their, their brain tends to revive when it's 12 o'clock. We dismiss. And then they come alive. They leave this place like the kids tear out of here to go to children's church. But what they're doing when they leave here Sunday morning, they're going to hot diggity dog restaurant or something. They're tearing out of here. Now, there'll be no death. There'll be no sorrow. It'll all be gone. Everything will be new. Look at verse 5. Everything will be new. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. Everybody say new. 
And he said unto me, Right, for these things are true and faithful. Everything is going to be new. That don't mean it's going to start new and get old. It means it will always be new. Everything will be new, and it will stay new. It won't wear. It won't get dirty. It won't be defiled. It will stay new. You'll need no bailing wire to put together your chariot. Hello. And you'll be in a glorified body. I love that, don't you? Now I want to point out something else, and we're going to wrap this up pretty quick. We will be... We will be there. We will be, we will be here on earth in the future in our glorified bodies. We will be here and there. We'll be in the new city, Jerusalem, the holy city. I guess I could simply put it in simple terms. Not only will we be here, but we'll be there. And what a joy it is to know that when you're here, and you're also going to be there, God will do incredible things in our life. Amen? I, I tried to think about this. Here we will be there. Here will we be there, and there will we be here. Meaning heaven is coming here. And we'll be there. Isn't that beautiful? I love it. Verse 9 to 13, Revelation 21, there will be a city. A new city, a holy city. A city in which Abraham looked for, whose builder and maker, which had foundations, whose builder and maker is God. A new holy city. A city which has foundations. And those foundations have the names of the apostles on them. Different stones, different beautiful diamond, different colors in the 12 foundations. Judas won't be on one of those. Someone said, well, Matthias. I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if Paul isn't there instead of Matthias. But I'm okay with it. If, if it's Matthias. Because I understand that Matthias did take Judas's place. The Bible says that there'll be a wall, a high wall, a thick wall. It'll be not only high, it will be thick. It, it'll be as thick as it is high. You know how to keep from you know how to keep from knocking down a wall? Make it as thick as it is high. God's not opposed to walls. So, well, walls is inhumane and cruel. God's not opposed to walls. Amen? I'm not opposed to walls in my house. Judy is sometimes, and she removes them. But I'm not opposed to walls because in those walls is safety. Amen? And those walls tell us that there is safety. Nothing will ever defile that city. Look at verse 9 to 13 and we'll be done. And there came unto me one of the seven angels 
which had the seven vials full of the seven last plagues. He talked with me. To come up hither and I'll show thee the bride, the lamb's wife. See, John had to go up there to see it because it's not here to see it yet. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great high mountain. And there John standing on that high mountain, the angel showed him a great city. And that holy city, Jerusalem, was descending out of heaven from God, having the glory of God. And her light was likened unto a stone most precious, even like jasper stone, clear as crystal. To see, you can see through it. And that a wall, great and high, and had 12 gates. And at those 12 gates, 12 angels. And the Bible says, the names written, which are the names of the 12 tribes of the children of Israel. See, the, the 12 foundations has the names of the apostles. Because everything is based on the true and, and powerful Word of God. It is our foundation. And the apostles, the foundation, their names is on the foundation. But the gates have the names of the tribes of Israel. Twelve tribes, twelve gates. Three gates on each side of the city. The gate is one pearl, each gate. There are three gates of pearl on the east side, west side, north side, south side. And on those pearls is written the name of the 12, one of the 12 tribes. Each pearl would have the, like the tribe of Judah, the tribe of Reuben, the, the tribe of Asher. Different names of the 12 tribes will be on those stones. I guess what thrills me more than anything is a big old husky, incredible, amazing, muscled up angel stands at the gate. Amen? Is he there to keep people out? No, he's there to put the wow in people. Wow. He's not there to fix anything. It's done been fixed. He's there to stand there and look pretty. Amen? And he stands there and looks pretty at each gate. Four, three gates on each side of the city, and the wall, a gate of pearl, huge pearl. Can you imagine the oyster that had to give that one up? I don't believe the gate was made of pearls. I believe the gate is one whole pearl. Three on the east side, west side, north side, south side it's interesting when they traveled to the wilderness and the tabernacle was erected three tribes would be on the east side of the tabernacle three tribes would be on the west side three tribes would be on the north side three tribes would be on the south side in order it gives the orders of them in numbers and I think it would be really interesting that the names of these 12 tribes of Israel might be in the exact formation as it was in the tabernacle, traveling through the wilderness. God is a God of order. God is a God of spectacular power. 
great and high. On the east, verse 13, three gates. On the north, three gates. On the south, three gates. And on the west, three gates. And the wall of the city. Now, understand, the wall of the city had 12 foundations. The city had 12 foundations, but the wall had 12 foundations as well. The whole city had 12 foundations. And the names of the apostles were on those foundations, the apostles of the Lamb. It's measured, the rest of this chapter, and it's 1,500 miles square. What a city. What a beautiful place. And it's all coming to us. If you lay down and fall on sleep, you'll go to Him. If you die, your body stops beating, your heart stops throbbing, you will go to be with Jesus. But one day you will come with Jesus and Jesus will bring heaven to earth. And we will live in the holy city, Jerusalem. What a place. Amen? That guy in a car dealership that jumps up and kicks his heels together. What a place. He doesn't know what a place is. He's selling old wore-out cars. If that guy makes heaven his home, he'll get outside the gate, jump up and click his heels. What a place. Amen? And the old angel will look at him. When he's having a spell, an angel will wink at him. Yeah, it's a it's what a place. Amen. <laughs> what is it? The uh, the guard. What is the guard? Uh, England has a guard. Uh, the guard of the unknown tomb. Uh, uh, U.S. has, and then there's the the guard. What the guard is twenty four hours. They're the guards. What are they called? They're called guards. 24 hours. And they stand there and they don't move. They stand there guarding the unknown tomb or, uh, in America or in Britain before the palace. They just stand there and they don't move. But I love seeing pictures of where someone irritates them. I love it. They think they can get in their face and do whatever they want to do. No, 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 no. I've watched one on a clip where the old boy just standing there minding his own business. Some guy came up here and got in his face and he just slapped him. So don't try your luck when you get to heaven with the angel standing there. You'd be better off to stand there going, wow. Amen. Wow. And in this city will be the tree of life. There'll be not one tree of life. There'll be many trees of life. But Jesus is the type. He is the, he is the master type. He is the master tree of life. And so you see the comparison from the Garden of Eden, a little square in the Garden of Eden where Adam and Eve was. Adam messed up, walked away, disease and foul, and the federal head of first 
The first Adam brought nothing but sorrow, but the last Adam comes to earth, sheds his blood. He doesn't rescue us under innocency. He brings redemption. And being innocent is not the full blessing of God. Innocency is not what we're going for. We're going for redemption. Amen? Redemption. Thank God that God had a greater plan. And that last Adam is the federal head. And they'll be marching into Zion, not a feeble one among us. They'll be marching into the holy new city, Jerusalem, not a sick person among us. We'll be marching in in our glorified heavenly bodies. I thought I'd throw that out to you tonight. Just thought I'd give you a little thought as we're going to progress on. And uh, we're going to see a lot of great things about this new city, Jerusalem. Brand new. Brand new earth, brand new heaven, brand new city. You say, what do you mean by brand new? It's not made out of the old one. It's not a remake. It's new. A new earth, a new heaven. A new city, Jerusalem. It's not a remake. It's going to be brand new. Brand new. Someone said, well, in the new earth, in the new world, in the new heaven, in the new earth, in the new earth, will there be the old Jerusalem? No. The new Jerusalem is going to take its place. Just like perfect health is going to take sickness's place. God's blessing is going to take cursing away. Disease is going to be removed away. It's all going to be new. Amen? And it's going to stay new. It's going to stay new. Never get dirty. Never get dusty. It's going to be brand new. I'm looking forward to that. And by the way, if you think that heaven's not going to be full, you better read your Bible again. Because heaven will be a full place. And that gives me new hope for those that I wonder if they're going to make it. Gives me a little bit of hope. They do. They will. God wants to take them home. And I realize there's going to be some people that won't go to heaven. Not everybody's going to heaven. But I do believe that Jesus died so that we could go to heaven. And that it's possible for us to go to heaven. And I think it's possible for even the person that is not as super spiritual as we are to possibly go to heaven. Why? Because you're kind of a dud yourself. I am too. Thank God for his mercy and his grace. Amen? Stand with me. We're going to give an invitation. Did you enjoy tonight? Think about it. Judy said you need to quit asking people if they enjoyed it. They might tell you the truth. Oh, my beautiful wife. I know this crowd. If you didn't enjoy it, you'd tell me you didn't enjoy it. I know this crowd. See, how do you know I would tell you if I didn't enjoy it? Because you're just like me. I'm a reflection of the congregation. Yeah. And what a joy it is to be able to serve God. So next week, we're going to be in Revelation 21, comparison. We're going to be in Revelation 22. 
Maybe we can get Jimmy on board in an open roundtable discussion before we close it out. But there's so much that I want to talk about, so much that we can look at. Our new bodies, what will they be made of? We talked about the possible age of our new bodies. We talk about the possibility of children growing up till they're 30 and stop growing. We talk about the possibility of water coming to earth from the holy city Jerusalem. There's a lot of things we can talk about because God makes all things new. You come, the altar's open.